Hey guys, welcome back to the Happy Client Show, where our goal is to help you build client relationships at Delight. My name is Ben Butler, and I'm rejoined here in studio, coffee in hand, which we missed, by my lovely co-host, Andrew Dimsky. Andrew, welcome back to the party. How you doing? Thanks, buddy. I am fired up to be back here. Missed you. Ah, missed you too. Gray was bringing in some water, and it was just, man, he was drenching me out. It was terrible. Yeah, but he's a king of getting clients to pay on time, so even if he's not caffeinated, I'll take the cash. Oh, absolutely. He truly is the king. Andrew, do you want to tell us what we're talking about here today? Yeah, today we're talking about six rules for creating compelling client case studies. This is a really, really cool topic because if you have done a great job delivering delight to your client, you want to have the opportunity to share that success story with other potential prospects, really prospects that can relate to them and dive in and understand how their project might work based on some of the successes that you've delivered to others. So I'm excited to dig in here, Ben. I think it's a really good topic that a lot of people could do a better job of implementing. Yeah, and like a lot of the other topics we discuss, I think this is a matter of just being intentional and strategic, not just diving in haphazardly, but actually coming in with a process and a strategy for getting the most out of these. And I really think a general rule of thumb for case studies that a lot of people don't follow is uh, quality over quantity. You can have 10 case studies and all 10 of them are, you know, pretty terrible, or you can have two or three really compelling client case studies. We're going to be going over six rules for creating a really compelling client case study. Awesome. Let's dive in. Yeah. Rule number one, add case studies and sharing your work in your contracts. One simple thing we started doing was adding a just a notation that we could showcase work for creating, uh, showcasing the work that we create for clients at a later time, whether in a case study, on our website, or in a book. And this is just a way of saying in the contract process of just being upfront, hey, we would love to showcase the work we do for you. And if this is a problem, let us know. But otherwise, we just want to get this in writing so we're not being sneaky about this. Yeah, I think it's a really good thing to add to the contract. And it's not like the contract is the last place they're going to see it, Ben. I think you you drop it in the contract to kind of set the expectations so as they're reviewing things, they can see it there. And so if that is an internal issue for them, you kind of flush it out at the beginning. But also include in there that like we'll run everything past you, we'll get your A-OK, that kind of thing. We're not trying to just get their permission and then go share everything right away because there's some companies that are not cool with that. So be be sensitive to that. But know that if you ask up front, that's a great way to open their minds to the fact that after you do deliver the results you've been talking about, you want to share that story with the world. Yeah. And a lot of people overlook this because they don't think it's important to get this down in writing. But I want to just go over a couple quick reasons why it is important to get something like this in writing. I think as a general rule, you know me, I am the writing, get it in writing king as much as Gray is getting us paid on time king because the more that you can protect yourself in documented processes, the better off you're going to be. And you know what? I hope that your client relationships go really smoothly, but it's that one case that could cripple you that I don't want to see happen. So several reasons you want to do this. Uh, Quick example would be what if you're writing a book? And you mentioned some experiences with the past client. What if that client decides to sue you when your book is successful? If you don't have anything in writing in a contract, uh, 
you're not really going to have anything to defend yourself and you might you might get taken over there. Um, and another quick example of why you want to do this is what if a client verbally agrees to let you showcase work and then verbally changes their mind? There's truly no documentation to back you up, so it's better to get these things written down. I mean, the worst case scenario is someone's going to come after you pretty pretty strongly when they shouldn't and you just it's just another step to protect you and your agency and to bring this up in the beginning to have a you know a very open client relationship with lots of communication so that's all we're trying to do here yeah i think it's important to kind of cover your bases like that but hopefully we're we've got a client here that's been successful that we've been able to help deliver some awesome results Hopefully there'll be no bad blood in the water. You know, if you deliver awesome stuff for the client, they should be pretty fired up about you and your agency. So have it there as a, a way to cover your bases and set the expectation early and then just get fired up because you're delivering some awesome, awesome results for the client. Absolutely. And whenever you're approaching the client, rule number two is to have a theme in mind. Now, again, when you're approaching a case study, you don't want to just be like, yeah, we're going to put together a case study. Well, you're not going to have <laughs> – yeah, we're just going to put together a case study. Well, you know, I, I'm not really sure that you're going to be in a position to create the most effective and compelling case study you possibly can. Get a theme in mind and this could be really simple and you probably already think through these things every day. Just apply it to this example. It could be how your client got screwed by a past agency and how you came in to save the day. So the story is and the theme is that your client was a damsel in distress and you're the hero or – how your client faced a huge hurdle they couldn't think they think couldn't be hopped over and how you helped them do so. In that case, you're accomplishing things that no one thought was ever possible. So come in with a theme. Yeah, I think that's a great point, having a theme in place and asking leading questions as well so that you kind of point them down the path. And we'll dig into this a little bit more in a later point, but just having that process in place to give them a direction for where you want to go can be really, really helpful because we know that when we're creating content and we're just staring at a blank screen with a flashing cursor, that can be a pretty intimidating thing. So if you want to get great quotes out of your clients, you've got to set them up for those quotes and give them a direction to help tell the story that you're trying to tell through this case study. Absolutely. And uh, the point is this, really. A, a case study shouldn't just be an event timeline of stuff you did. It should be a story Yep. And I'm going to keep using this word that is compelling enough to tip the scale of someone weighing your services against a competitor. And that's really you have to think about it. You want to create a case study that you feel 100% comfortable saying if this was the last thing that someone said before signing on the dotted line between you and someone else that they would pick you. That is how good a case study has to be. So theming it is going to allow you to shape that story. Human beings are story individuals and that's what you have to do. Uh, and going along with all these kinds of things is rule number three, which we alluded to in point number one here. But always ask permission before publishing a case study. Andrew, do you want to take us into this and tell us why this is important? Yeah, it's important to get their permission so that they know what to expect. You don't want them to be just kind of like surfing your website and find a the story of how you redesign their website one day or have you start ranking in Google for different search terms around their name or something like that. It's it's really a courtesy. You want to be polite to them. You want to show them that they're a part of this experience. And I think it goes back, Ben, to the idea of being in an inbound partnership, that we're in this thing together and say, hey, can we brag on the work we've done together to to showcase this? And so 
when I'm writing case studies for client work, I don't make it sound like Guava Box is Superman and that the client was this incompetent person. I like to I like to describe it as a partnership and highlight their strengths and highlight how they got bought into the process and how they added value at different stages because I think when prospects read it, you're right. At the end of the day, we want them to have that, oh, I want to be that person moment as well. But if we can show them what does a healthy relationship look like with our agency and we can showcase that past customer where we delivered great results, being engaged, adding content, being involved in, say, writing lead nurturing emails or doing different aspects of things, that helps us set expectations sort of like in a passive way through even before the sales process kicks off. So ask their permission, bring them into that process because I think you're going to have a happier client or um, you know past client at that point if it, if, if it was just a project, if you kind of bring them in and you, and you bring them up to speed about what's going on there. Really love two things you just said. Uh, I think the first one is the SEO point. And a lot of inbound agencies, not to, not to brag about ourselves as inbound agencies, but we have super turbocharged websites. And so by listing a client case study, with you know, even the page title with the client's organization, I can almost guarantee it's going to come up on page one or two. This actually happened to me before Do Inbound and before Guava Box. I had a client and I wrote a segment on the client just to highlight them. And believe it or not, it was the client's website, number one, and then number two was what I wrote about them. And had I not asked for permission, I would have been in serious trouble. Um, so that's a very good point. And the second one is, the way that you frame the case study is so key. And Andrew, I love the way you do this. And you just did this recently for a case study we were putting together. You said, let's brag about the amazing work we did together. It's not, hey, let's talk about how you sucked and we rocked. It was, hey, we did some awesome stuff as a partner. And I think that is the story you want to tell for anyone who is looking for someone to, to partner with is, hey, this is a partner someone who's going to respect me, someone who's going to walk side by side to me and isn't going to talk down to me. So love those two points so much. Uh, rule number four, which kind of goes with this asking for permission element, uh, is to also ask for a testimonial to use in your case study. So don't just ask for permission, ask for a testimonial, make the most of your time. Yeah, get a quote from the client, get their perspective. And this is where those leading questions, Ben, are so important that you kind of set them down the path Every client that you work with, you're solving problems together. There's going to be an underlining narrative to that client engagement. So in the case study, we want to showcase that narrative and we want to tell that story well. And so the client is obviously a big player in that. So giving them opportunities to share their perspective and to share what the process was like for them is going to really help your prospective clients who are going to be reading the case study at the end of the day relate to where that client was at the moment where they were in their greatest pain or in that moment when they reached that high when you were able to partner together and put some cool things in place. So being able to kind of tap in and get that direct testimonial from that client can really take the case study to the next level because if it's just you sharing your perspective, you know, as a prospect, I'm like, ah, eh, you know, mm -hmm. do I do I really think are they going to say anything bad about themselves? You know, <laughs> but if we can get the words of our prospective client, or we get the words of our clients in the case study, I think that just lends way more credibility. Mm -hmm. And if you can get a video testimonial 
That's even better. Yeah. I, I think uh, we live in a world where video and audio are underrated still, even though they've been proven extremely successful. So think outside the box. Can you do a, a video interview? Can you do an audio interview and get a little segment where prospective clients can hear the passion and the voice of your clients and you know the relationship that you built with them shines through? And I think another point is don't just throw it. You talked about the empty cursor before where it's just flashing on the screen. I mean, even as inbound marketers, we have creative blocks where we don't know what we're going to write about. Like I guarantee you when I write this write-up, I'm going to be staring at the screen for at least 45 minutes before I crank something out. That's just the way it is. So give your clients a template. Give them an example. And I'll never forget it. Uh, There's a, a magician friend of mine who I know, and he is so good at framing the way his clients come up with testimonials. He asked them three questions that he strings together into a three to four sentence testimonial. And one of them is, what challenges did you come in with? Was it, you know, you were uh, skeptical of this kind of thing? And then how, how is my service different? And then they, they talk about, number one, what they were skeptical or challenged by and how immediately he came in and overcame that. And then three, why they would recommend him. So just putting together a template and, again, thinking about these things thoughtfully can get you better testimonials because, again, it's quality, not quantity. You don't want just someone to say, I recommend so-and-so. No, you want something that is, again, a story and something that's compelling. And rule number five, gather several different perspectives. I think this is also super key, and we just talked about it a second ago, but to take this further, don't just limit your case study to your agency's perspective. No one wants to hear a one-sided story. You want to bring in the client's perspective but you want to bring in multiple client perspectives, which, Andrew, I think you do an amazing job of. Do you want to talk about the various perspectives that you always target bringing in? Well, you, like you said, you want to bring in folks who help tell that story really, really well. So highlighting those perspectives is important to just bring out the struggle because the people who are reading this today, they're at a point where they're looking for a solution. They're probably at the decision stage in the process where they've understood the fact that they want to work with an inbound agency like you. They're just trying to figure out what inbound agency should I work with. And so identifying that point of struggle is really, really important. And bringing in different perspectives, just like you would in the game plan process where you tap into, say, the marketing director and the sales director and the customer service director. And people outside the marketing department are really, really cool to bring into the process here. But kind of get their before and after thoughts. Like what were your expectations coming in to this engagement with with the agency? And now what have you learned through the process? That is kind of a cool way to open folks' eyes and show them, tell a complete story, not just say the CEO's perspective or not just the marketer's perspective, but how did the inbound engagement impact the entire company? How did it help activate an inbound initiative? How did it help us start to think about marketing in a different light? having different people within the company contribute to the case study can really help tell that story well. Absolutely. And last but not least, to really put a, I think this is a really good bow that we can put on this conversation. And it's, it's something that we always bring up because it's so important. Rule number six, build out a process for streamlining case study building. And just like anything else that we talk about, you want to have a process for Uh, your agency to perform anything. And I think this is a a key point because, you know, if you don't have a process, something that you, you know what you're going to do and can easily be, 
easily be implemented, what are the chances that you're actually going to gather testimonials or the information that's necessary for building a case study? Uh, case in point, pun intended, I ha- actually was just talking to someone, a friend of mine who's in the real estate industry, and one of his biggest shortfalls is he always forgets to gather testimonials. Six months, nine months later, he tries to gather them. He's incredibly unsuccessful because he doesn't have a process. He procrastinates because he doesn't have a process. And then he doesn't get that passion. You know, the, the home buyer who had an amazing experience with him, he doesn't get that because he doesn't have anything in place to do so. So it's so important to get a process in place to gather this information. Yeah. And I think timing is really important there, Ben, because you don't want to come in three months later and say, oh, hey, remember when we did that project? You want to hit when the iron's hot. You want to hit right after the results have been showcased or the website has been launched or you know whatever it is. Get them when they're fired up because that enthusiasm is going to come through. And the more enthusiastic the client, the better the case study is going to be. Um, and from the process standpoint, one thing that we do at Guavabox that's really helpful is we have a a project feedback survey that we have set up and ready to go. It's built in a WordPress install that we have off of our domain. It's just a form, um, and we can include it here in the show notes to give you just an understanding of the types of questions that we ask. But we want to know, what were your reasons for working with Guavabox? What were the results of completing a project? What specific features did you like most about the project? Were there any unexpected benefits? Would you recommend us to any of your friends or colleagues? Anything else you'd like to share? Just asking, these are simple, like this is a general feedback. This isn't like a specific case study that we're trying to build, but having this in place can really help us uh, to you know, have a framework to start with, to get some quotes out of the customer and get some of that down and understand where they're at. Because then maybe we might follow up on one of these statements and say, hey, could you share with us a little bit more about this unexpected benefit? How did, how did, uh, how did we help facilitate that? How did that change things inside of the organization? Continue to prod into those elements and having it in a repeatable way, whether it's using Google Forms or a type form or adding a form to your website, can really help take some of that load off of you so that when the, when the project is over, you don't have to think about, oh, I need to go send them these questions. Have it in an automated way like this, and that can really streamline things. Oh, absolutely. I think that's, again, we always talk about streamlining processes and developing them because they're, they're that important to the growth and success of your agency. There's no other way to say it. Yeah, I totally agree. So guys, go out there and build some case studies. Um, and one one piece of advice, don't just have a standalone case study page. Sprinkle your case studies throughout your website, throughout your lead nurturing, so that it is just infused in part of your marketing offerings, so that when they read about a service, they can hear about a service at the same time. I think it's a sound piece of advice that can really help move things forward. Ben, do you have any final thoughts before we put a bow on this episode? I, you know what? I think you just stole my final thought. <laughs> that was, uh, I think that's a, an amazing takeaway to go out with is, you know, maybe even saying it like this, don't tell the story of your solutions without bringing in your customers. Tell the story of what you do with the people you've done it for. I think that's a great thing to walk away with. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening today. Thanks for taking the time out of your busy day. I hope that these resources about building client case studies are helpful for you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, Ben and I would love your feedback on iTunes. 
If you can head over to iTunes, search Happy Client Show, drop us a review there. That helps us spread the Happy Client Show to other folks. We'd really appreciate that. Looking forward to talking to you guys soon.